the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. For everyone to experience his forgiveness, experience his salvation. He wants to make all things new. He wants to make you a new creation. This is why Jesus came into the world. This is why he died on the cross. To make a way for us to be forgiven, to be cleansed, to be saved. God doesn't want to judge anyone for their sins, so much so that he sent his only son to die in our place on the cross so that we can have eternal life. God desires for everyone to be saved and to receive forgiveness from their sins. In today's message from Pastor Dan, he explains that God loved the world so much that he sent his only son for it. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but for all to have eternal life. God wants everyone to receive salvation, to become a new creation in Him, and to enter into eternal life with Him. Pastor Dan encourages you to receive the gift of salvation today. Don't put off receiving the gift of your sins being forgiven and living eternally with God. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 24 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God also sent prophets to the nation to call the nation to repentance and to turn back to God. But the nation, as you know, as we've seen, they rejected the prophets. They wouldn't listen to what they had to say. They mocked the prophets. That's what God means in verse 13 when he says, you will not be cleansed. I've tried to clean you. I just can't get you clean. I've tried. You're not willing to be cleansed. And so Judah left God no choice but to judge them. And and what he describes here in this parable is, you know, the only way to remove the scum is to burn the pot in the fire until all that's left in it is ash. Uh, If you've ever done any camping, you know, and if you, especially if you use like a Dutch oven while you're camping and you've got all of the food, sometimes instead of trying to scour it clean at the campsite, it's easier just to put it in the fire and burn everything down to ash inside it. And then it just comes right out. And that's what he's describing here. They've left no choice. The only way at this point now to remove the scum is to just burn the pot in the fire until all that is left is ash in the pot. Now, God's desire for every person is that they would repent of their sins and turn to him. That's his, his desire. His desire is, is for everyone to experience his forgiveness, experience his salvation. He wants to make all things new. He wants to make you a new creation. This is why Jesus came into the world. This is why he died on the cross. To make a way for us to be forgiven, to be cleansed, to be saved. God doesn't want to judge anyone for their sins. So much so that he sent his only son to die in our place 
on the cross so that we can have eternal life. And he offers eternal life as a free gift, right? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He gives it to us as a a free gift for us to receive and experience and enjoy. But if someone refuses and they keep refusing and they refuse to repent and turn to God and put their trust in Jesus Christ, they'll face judgment. And as we see here with Judah, God's judgment is, is thorough. It's a thorough judgment. You know, Jesus describes the judgment that is to come in the New Testament. He describes it as an everlasting destruction. He describes it as a place of wailing and gnashing of teeth where the fire is never quenched. It's not something that anyone should want to, to experience at, at all. You know, some people describe hell as some you know, big, outrageous party with their friends. But that's not what it's going to be like at all. It's going to be a place of torment and suffering. But God has provided a way of escape through Jesus Christ. John, in one of his epistles, he, he states it very plainly in 1 John chapter 5. Those that have the Son of God have eternal life. Those who do not have the Son of God do not have eternal life. And he, he makes it as plain as, as can be for us. And, and here with, with Judah, it gets to the point where God says, you know, I, I've tried to get this pot clean and I just can't get the scum out. And so now, build the fire. Look at verse 14. I, the Lord, have spoken it. It shall come to pass. I will do it. I will not hold back. I mean, listen to God's tone here. Nor will I spare, nor will I relent. According to your ways and according to your deeds, they will judge you. Your deeds will judge you, says the Lord God. For the person who doesn't trust Jesus Christ for salvation, they will be judged by their own Deeds. And you know, I know, I don't want to be judged by my own deeds. I don't want to be judged by my deeds that I've just done today. Right? Because there were a few times today where I was not Christ-like. And God says, okay, so I've provided this salvation for you. I've provided a way to remove the scum from your life. And that's through faith in Jesus Christ. I've appealed to you. I've appealed to you. Uh, You reject it, you reject it. Now there's going to be a judgment and you're going to be judged by your own deeds. They will judge you. Your deeds will, will judge you. Revelation chapter 20 describes the scene for us. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. So the heavens will pass away, the earth will pass away. And that person who faces this great white throne judgment will stand alone before the throne. And then it goes on. And I saw the dead, small and great. It doesn't matter who you are, what you're standing in this world is. You'll be standing before God. And books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then dead, then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is 
the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. There's going to be books that are opened, it says. And this is describing the person who hasn't trusted Christ for salvation, who hasn't accepted that gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. They'll be judged according to their works, and their works will judge them. There's books, apparently, in in heaven that record all their works. The Bible says they'll have to give an account for every idle word, everything ever, ever said, everything, you know, the thoughts and intents of the heart, all of it. It's all going to be laid out there, and it's going to be like a trial, and they're going to have to try to defend everything that they've ever said or done or thought in this life. No thank you. Again, I, I don't even want to do that for just today. And this is the great white throne judgment. For those of us, and I want to be clear here, for those of us that have put our faith in Jesus Christ, that have received him as Lord and Savior, we don't stand before the great white throne judgment. Why not? Because all of our sins were already judged on the cross when Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. We're, we're clean. All of our scum has been cleansed through the blood of Jesus Christ. Our scum has been removed through the blood of Jesus Christ. But for those who reject, they will be judged by their deeds. So now that brings us to the second half of chapter 24, beginning in verse 15. In verse 15, we have the unexpected death of Ezekiel's wife. So if the first half didn't cheer you up, and the second half will, right? <laughs> also, verse 15, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, behold, I take away from you the desire of your eyes with one stroke. Yet you shall neither mourn nor weep, nor shall your tears run down. What, I mean, wow. What, what a verse. Ezekiel's wife is described as the, the desire of your eyes. I love that. For Ezekiel, the desire of your, of your eyes. Or, or, you know, as it says in Proverbs, you know, Ezekiel was captivated by her love captivated by his wife's love. And yet, here God tells, just kind of out of the blue, no warning, you know, just one day that is unlike every other day for Ezekiel. If you've had the death, if someone that you love has died, you've experienced that, where it's a day like no other day. Starts out normal. And for Ezekiel, this started out like every other day. And then he, he gets this word from the Lord, I take away from you the desire of your eyes, just with one stroke, you get a phone call. There's bad news. There's been an accident. You need to come down to the hospital. Just like that. Everything changes. And Ezekiel's wife was taken away suddenly. And I'm sure this was heartbreaking for Ezekiel as it would be for, for, for anyone. This reminds us, you know, that, that none of us know when death will come for someone that we love. The Bible says life is a vapor. Uh, you know, the Bible says we're all appointed to death. And, and we don't know when someone we love will die, when that appointment comes for them. We don't know when we're going to get that phone call and get that unexpected news like Ezekiel receives here. We don't know how much time we have left with the people that we love. So always, always love well. Always love well. Enjoy every moment with the ones that you love. Don't, don't take your time with them for granted because you don't know when that time's going to come to an end. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. It's not worth it. 
because you just don't know. Now, the unusual thing here for Ezekiel is in the second half of verse 16, God tells him, you shall neither mourn nor weep, nor shall your tears run down. It's, it's, you know, it's an unusual command here, but it's, it's for a reason, as we're going to see. He says in verse 17, sigh in silence. So he's talking about publicly here, but make no mourning for the dead, right? So you, you, can, you can grieve in silence, you can grieve privately, but, but make, make no public mourning for the dead. Bind your turban on your head, put your sandals on your feet, do not cover your lips, do not eat man's bread of, of sorrow. These, these were all ways culturally that they showed that they were mourning for someone that has died. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. You know, they would, when they were mourning, they would not wear a covering on their head. They wouldn't shave. They wouldn't bathe, they wouldn't change their clothes, so that if you saw somebody walking down the street, they don't have their head covering on, uh, they don't have shoes on, they maybe have a covering over their face, or they're only eating the bread of sorrow, they're not eating meals anymore, they're just eating bread. This is a, a you know, culturally, this is how they would mourn for, for the dead, and, but here God says, I, I don't want you to do any of that. I don't want you to mourn the way that you would normally mourn. So I spoke to the people in the morning. Look what it says in verse 18. I spoke to the people in the morning, and at evening my wife died. Isn't that amazing? Again, if you've had the death of a loved one in your family, we, even if you haven't, we've all heard stories. I just talked to him yesterday. I just talked to her this morning. For Ezekiel, you know, he says... I spoke to the people in the morning and in the evening my wife died. It's just gut-wrenching just to read it. And the next morning, I did as I was commanded. In that, in that culture, you would bury someone the very same day. Uh, if you couldn't do it the same day because it was too late in the day, as is the case here, his wife died in the evening. You would do it the next morning. They would have the funeral immediately. And so you can imagine for Ezekiel's friends, Ezekiel's neighbors, those living in his town with him, next morning, all right, we're going to have a funeral. But for Ezekiel, the very next morning, it says, I did as I was, was commanded. Ezekiel obeyed the Lord, and he didn't show any outward signs of mourning for his wife, and he didn't, he, he didn't go through the normal things that people would go through to, to show their grief for the, for the loss uh, just as God commanded him to do. You know, sometimes God asks us to do very, very difficult things and very, very painful things, things that are just hard for us to do, things that maybe we don't fully understand 
why God wants us to do this this way, but out of obedience to God and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we do it. The Holy Spirit helps us. Even with, and I want you to note this, even with something as powerfully emotional as the death of a spouse, the Holy Spirit can help us through that. And we can still have self-control over our emotions, even with something like that. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not slaves to our emotions. The Holy Spirit will enable us so that we can obey God. And, and of course, in a situation like this, your wife has died, you're going to have a funeral, right? And you're going to do the normal things that people do when they're mourning the death of their spouse. Verse 19, he doesn't do it. The people said to me, will you not tell us what these things signify to us, that, that you behave so? <laughs> Ezekiel's non-response here was strange to the people. So they asked, you know, what's, what's going on with you? Your wife just died. You're not mourning her death. What's, what's, what's happening? What's the deal? What are you doing? Why do you behave this way? If you're a believer, people are watching you. People are watching your life. They're, they're, your, your life is a witness. How you live, how you respond to trials, how you respond to tragedies, how, how you handle things that come into your life, how you react... For some people, you're the only Bible they're ever going to read. And they're getting their ideas about Jesus Christ from your life and how you handle things. Ezekiel's life was a message. And, and the people asked him about his response to this unexpected tragedy. His wife just died. He's not responding the way they would expect him to respond. Out of obedience to the Lord, he's not. So then I answered them in verse 20. The word of the Lord came to me saying, you notice how he's being led by the Lord here and the Lord is giving him the words to speak. Speak to the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I will profane my sanctuary, the temple, your arrogant boast, the desire of your eyes, the delight of your soul and your sons and daughters whom you left behind shall fall by the sword. Notice he calls the sanctuary, the temple, your arrogant boast. Remember, we've talked about this before. The people that were living in Jerusalem were saying, God's never going to judge Jerusalem. He's never going to allow Jerusalem to fall because his temple is here. And God will protect us because his house is here. We've got nothing to worry about. So it was their arrogant boast. They were boasting in the temple that the temple was going to protect them. So he says here, Behold, I will profane my sanctuary, your arrogant boast, the desire of your eyes, the delight of your soul, and your sons and daughters, whom you left behind, shall fall by the sword, and you shall do as I have done. You shall not cover your lips, nor eat man's bread of sorrows. Your turban shall, not, shall be on your heads, and your sandals on your feet. You shall neither mourn nor weep, but you shall pine away in your iniquities, and mourn with one another Thus, Ezekiel is a sign to you. According to all that he has done, you shall do. And when this comes, you shall know that I am the Lord God. The people of Judah will not mourn when their temple is destroyed, which is the desire of their eyes. 
they will not have the opportunity to mourn because they will be carried away by the Babylonians into captivity. Back in Jeremiah, you don't have to turn there, but Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 6, there the Lord said, but both the great and the small shall die in this land. They shall not be buried. Neither shall men lament for them, cut themselves, make themselves bald for them, shave their heads as a sign of mourning. Nor shall men break bread in mourning for them to comfort them for the dead. Nor shall men give them the cup of consolation to drink for their father, for their mother. You know, he's saying here, he says in Jeremiah, you're not even going to bury your dead. You're not even going to have the opportunity to bury your dead. It's part of God's judgment upon the nation. You won't be able to bury your dead. You won't be able to mourn as you should mourn. You won't be able to grieve because you're going to be carried away as captives. Verse 25, And you, son of man, will it not be in the day when I take from them their stronghold, the city of Jerusalem, their joy and their glory, the temple, the desire of their eyes, and that on which they set their minds? They're not setting their minds on God. They're setting their minds on that building, that temple. They treated the temple like a lucky rabbit's foot. As long as we've got that temple, we're safe. The lucky rabbit's foot wasn't so lucky for the rabbit, right? I mean, he lost his foot. But they're trusting in this temple to be their protection. But not, but not the God of the temple. Not the God of the temple. Verse 26. On that day, one who escapes will come to you to let you hear it with your ears. And I mentioned that earlier. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 21. You know, in the 12th year, somebody finally shows up in Babylon who escaped from Jerusalem to give them the report that Jerusalem has been captured. Verse 27, on that day, once, once that messenger comes, chapter 33, on that day, your mouth will be opened to him who has escaped. You shall speak and no longer be mute. Thus you will be assigned to them and they shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 27 means that once the judgment finally comes to pass and Jerusalem is captured and destroyed and the temple is destroyed, as Ezekiel has been warning them for years now at this point, then God will open Ezekiel's mouth. He will no longer be mute. And then Ezekiel will speak with a much more hopeful tone. His prophecies of judgment, his prophecies of doom will no longer be uttered and his ministry will change and his message will change and he will be able to comfort the people and encourage the people and point the people to a time in the future when God will restore them back into the land and rebuild the temple and restore worship back in Jerusalem. Won't that be great to get to those chapters, right? We've been in all of these judgment chapters, but there's coming a chapter (laughs) when everything's going to change for us. When the judgment finally comes and the city is destroyed and the temple is destroyed, just as God has been warning, then it's all going to change. Then it's going to be looking ahead to the future restoration of the nation. And he says here at the end of verse 27, He says, Ezekiel will be a sign to the people. Once the judgment comes, then Ezekiel will be vindicated. Then they'll realize Ezekiel was right. 
and they'll start to listen to Ezekiel because clearly they shall know then that the Lord is with Ezekiel. He asked me how I know and I say bring sure than the finest crystal. We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Ezekiel together. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, feel free to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy, and when it gets busy, it can be hard to find the time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also love to be praying for you. So when you call, feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart. And we'd be happy to pray with and for you. Well, that's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Ezekiel, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize.